So let us come to God now in prayer that our ears may be open to his word and our hearts may be ready to receive like good soil uh, whatever he has as gift for us from his word this morning. There's two readings today. The first one is from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. The second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter four, verses one to 10. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, People do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Well, as I record this, it's uh, blowing a gale outside. I wonder what you see as you look out of your window of a world. Do you see a dry and barren wilderness? Or do you see a scene bursting with life and potential? I'm someone who's typically very positive and upbeat. I would tend to see the life and the potential. I haven't got much time for negativity. But there are times, aren't there, when we need to name reality. We can't just pretend that everything's okay. We need to acknowledge that things are not as they could or should be. Well, I don't want to depress you, but I want to start with a bit of wilderness naming. We're living in an increasingly secular society where the voice of the church is often scorned. We're living in what is often described as a post-truth society, where no one worldview has greater validity than any other. The gap between rich and poor grows ever wider, with over 50% of the world's wealth in the hands of the wealthiest 1% of the population. Men own 50% more of the world's wealth than women, and the richest 22 men in the world have more wealth than all the women in Africa put together. The environmental crisis leaves the world in a very fragile and vulnerable state. Covid has led to a burgeoning mental health crisis in our communities. Every day in the world 10,000 people die because of lack of adequate health care. Racism, sexism, materialism leave us far removed from God's heart for the world. That to me smacks of wilderness. So does the church, does the gospel of Jesus Christ have something to say? Because as we look around us at the wilderness, we're faced with a number of temptations. The temptation to give in to a liberal agenda where anything goes. The temptation to despair and give up hope of things ever changing. The temptation to stay quiet when God calls us to have a voice. The temptation to retreat when God calls us to stand firm. The Israelites were in exile, far from home, oppressed and bewildered. It would have been tempting to despair and to lose hope. That would have been understandable. I mean, who could blame them? But God gives Ezekiel a vision, a vision that starts with some wilderness naming, a valley of bones, dry bones, signs of death, signs of desolation and loss. And Ezekiel is faced with a question. Can these bones live? 
There was a temptation there for a very flippant response to a stupid question. But he responds wisely and with openness. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And what follows is an inspiring, hope-filled vision of transformation and new life, with the Lord of all restoring life. The exiled, disconsolate Israelites need not despair. Their God had not forgotten them. This prophetic vision was partially fulfilled when the Jews returned from Babylon in around in about 538 BC. Some would attribute the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948 as a further step. But the best and complete fulfilment is still to come. And the call then and now is to trust in God's eternal purposes and to live in hope and expectation. Ezekiel spoke prophetic words into a wilderness setting and the church today is called to speak prophetically into the wilderness of our broken world. So we're faced with a very simple question. Do we believe in a resurrection God? Because if we don't, we're not likely to raise our heads above the parapet and speak truth as Ezekiel did. In the midst of a temptation to give in, to despair, to stay quiet or retreat, will we have confidence in the resurrection gods? And will we hold out and live out the message of hope to the world? When Martin Luther King delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech to those gathered around the Lincoln Memorial on August the 28th, 1963, he spoke from a wilderness of racial injustice. His prophetic voice still rings out. The fulfilment of his dream is sadly still to be realized. But that doesn't make it invalid or foolish. God's people are called to speak out and to get involved, to speak truth to power and to trust in God's eternal purposes and the ultimate fulfilment of those purposes. Jesus himself in the wilderness, he didn't give in to the temptations put to him. He held to his father's promises, the promises of a resurrection God. He knew what was to come, both in terms of suffering and of triumph. And so he spoke truth to combat the enemy's lies. I had the privilege of being involved in interviewing some potential ordination candidates last weekend. And one of them observed that in lockdown, many churches over the past year had adopted a sort of uh, bunker mentality and their missional activity had contracted during COVID. They'd been more concerned about looking after their own flock, so to speak. As I heard her speak those words, I found it both challenging and concerning. I sincerely hope that we haven't fallen into that trap at Christchurch. Certainly the ministry of CAP, the continuing emphasis on whole life discipleship, serving God on our front lines, has been part of an outward looking expression. But it's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting to turn inward when God calls us to look outward and to be his hands and his feet in a broken and hurting world. 
As part of my Lenten reading, I've been reading this book, Amazed by Jesus, by Simon Ponsonby. It's uh, an easy read, it's well written, it presents an inspiring picture of Jesus, seeking to enlarge our vision of him, to remind us of who he is and what he stands for, his ministry and his relevance. And I was struck by a chapter focusing on Jesus as the water of life, picking up some of the words of John 7. You recall that Jesus was speaking in the midst of a great Jewish celebration. And he said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And Simon Ponsonby comments, How many have never entered the river of God and are slowly dying of dehydration? And how many Christians, having once drunk deep draughts of the river of life, flowing by the Spirit from Christ, have stopped drinking and now are gasping for life? The Spirit guides us and refreshes us in all truth. And my prayer is that I, that we, that the Church of Christ will not succumb to a temptation to give in, to despair, to stay silent or retreat, but inspired and refreshed by the Spirit of God, will each in our own way be bold in living out the hope of the Christian Gospel in a way that brings life and light to the world to speak truth and to live it. Amen.